Welcome to the Caged Vision Show, where each week we talk about one thing, putting your vision to work. So whether you're the CEO of a large company, maybe an executive within a large company, maybe you're a small company, maybe you are an entrepreneur that is just getting started. Each of you has a vision for where you want to go in the future, and we talk about how to get there, how to put that vision to work. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Conversations About Caged Vision. We are talking about ways to help you unpack your caged vision, to help you move forward with encouragement and confidence to get your vision and turn it into reality. And today I've got a special guest. His name is Nick Spire. He's with a company called Emergent Method. He founded and has had amazing success. And Nick, we are super excited to have you here today. Welcome. Hey, Kerry. It's a pleasure to be here. Certainly a big fan of your podcast. Oh, thanks, Nick. Listen, uh, the people that have listened to this podcast, and hopefully we'll get some uh, news listeners uh, based on the folks down in Louisiana that know you. And um, But for the people that know the po- this podcast, they know that we are we're looking to have conversations around what we call caged vision, which is simply just a term that I, I read in a book and it was actually written out the way it was written out was it was that a person has had vision that was caged and I just flipped it around and I just thought um, that great conversations with really successful people about how they moved from that initial vision of where they wanted to go and how they turned it into um, what is tremendous success right now. And so that is the purpose. And so, Nick, why don't we go all the way back to where you were when that first vision, when the first thought came to you about doing what you're doing now? Yes, I mean, it's a, it's a great question, Carrie. I'll, I'll even take you a little further back to the original vision, right, which was 2004 when I finished at LSU and was fortunate enough to to get a job like so many people at the great big four accounting firms that have incredible consulting practices and was able to move to Atlanta and spend some time up in New York and gain some incredible experiences at a young age in a big consulting shop to cut my teeth and work on a a wide range of projects. It was then when I fell in love with professional services and when I really fell in love with building relationships with a client to understand what their challenges were and to work to provide a, a really unique and distinctive experience and and had a chance to work with some great mentors during that time that really began to shape what in my mind is key to the professional services environment, right? Which is not necessarily going to start with expertise, but it's really going to talk about and focus on a, a real commitment to, to client success and engagement success. And after a couple of years with, with, with PwC, sort of in that doggy dog world, wanted to move back home to, to, to the Baton Rouge area, which I was able to do. And I sort of cut my teeth at a small boutique consulting firm and similar type of work, but, you know, certainly different projects and different clientele that we had here. And Louisiana. And and after doing that for a handful of years, you sort of fast forward to 2012. I've now spent seven or eight years in in the workforce. And, 
you begin to think and what was in my take was maybe I can sort of branch out and do this on my own. I worked at a, with a real small team at the time and, and was largely autonomous with, with many of the client engagements that I was working on. But, you know, it's like everything you're, you're filled with self-doubt. You're afraid of how do I land the first client and can I keep enough clients happy and satisfied to, to keep it going. And so I can remember for a couple of years, there, really sort of grappling back and forth around, do I have it in me to, to be able to, take a bite from this apple on day one and, and, and keep it going for, for months and years. And, uh, and it was finally just a, a point where I had developed enough relationships with a handful of clients that had a lot of confidence and, and trust in me where I said, Hey, let's, let's, let's give it a shot. Let's give it a go, which is what we did in, in August of 2012. Oh, that's fabulous. That's fabulous. So, if you 2012, you mentioned that uh, that's when you when you guys started. But a few years before that, you started having, uh, you know, you had a thought. Maybe I can do this on my own. Tell me about um, the process of going through of that grappling, that struggle of, you know, is this is this a is this the right time? Is this the right move for me? And, you know, I know at that time you probably. Uh, you know, you're, you're you've got life events that are happening, and and things don't slow down, right? And so, for our listeners, you know, if you keep waiting for that moment, uh, and you keep waiting, there's never the perfect time. So, talk to me about that sort of struggle that you worked through. Yeah, it's a you know, we talk about this a lot, right? With with some of our clients, is while we're we certainly have the highest of expectations in everything that we do. If you're going to sit back and wait for the perfect opportunity, you're going to sit around twiddling your thumbs for forever, right? We Sometimes we can't allow ourselves to let perfect be the enemy of good or great. And, uh, and, and that's at the time it was really about building relationships and having conversations to understand, Hey, if, I were to go out on my own, is, is there an opportunity to do similar type of work that I'm doing now or, or different kinds of work. And, uh, there was, it was a pivotal, pivotal moment, Carrie, where there was a client that was looking to make a change, a client, which actually came to me to, to bring me in, in house. Uh, and it, that was the spark was, well, while I'm not interested in going in house, I am interested in, in a new arrangement in terms of being able to, to go off on my own. And here's what I'd be able to give you that's different than what I had previously done in, in the environment that I was in. And it was that spark in that moment. And it was really about, and the lesson learned is it's the value of a single relationship and how a single relationship can really change trajectories. And so while I was filled with self-doubt for years, it was this one individual that believed and had enough confidence in me and was able to commit for an engagement where I would work within that organization for a year where I said, let's give it a go. And, uh, I, I remember it fondly. I went back home. I had a one-year-old at the time. My oldest was three. We were starting a new family. We'd just been married a couple of years. My wife, you know, I'm fortunate enough to where she was a CPA and also had big consulting experience where we were able over the, really the course of a weekend, do a quick business plan, figure out which banker we were going to use, understand what our capital and startup cost would be. And in the professional services world, you know, thankfully for, in my case, that was, it was a pretty low barrier to entry. And, uh, 
And we thought through some things, started the paperwork, had that filed Monday or Tuesday of the next week. And, and we were off and running, Carrie. And, uh, but what's the irony in it all was the vision there was to have a handful of clients get to do some real incredible work. But that original vision, as we oftentimes see in so many cases, that vision continues to change and continues to shape really based on what your experiences are and what your relationships are. And and so we should allow that vision to grow and change based on uh, the circumstances that we're in. And so at, at the time we were Spira Consulting, I envisioned it being a a one-man sole proprietor where I get to work on the clients that I really want to work on and not necessarily build a brand, build a team, build a company with with us with a unique set of of tools and experiences that we could bring to the clients. But but over time, luckily that changed, Carrie. And uh, it was really really about being in the right place at the right time, being opportunistic and making sure every engagement that clients trusted us with that that we over delivered and it was through that constant focus we were able to slowly we brought our first employee and an additional partner on board in the summer of 2013 he had a background my background was more business his background is both business and communications Um, uh, less than a year later we brought someone with a master's degree in user-centered design so he's an incredible problem solver really brought to our team the value of the quality of the look and feel of the ultimate deliverables that we we have. And it was that time where we began to reshape our vision as a company, as a team. And we moved from Spire Consulting, which was, you know, more or less about me at the time, to Emergent Method, which is really about a, a team of diverse problem solvers from unique backgrounds to where we can build relationships with our clients, understand how the organizations work, and frankly, help them tackle their own unique problems. Some are more complex than others, but but all of them, we can take a similar method to work with with our clients to have solutions really emerge through our work with them. And we we have the great fortune of not just sort of working on the, the strategy side. Uh, we've really now built the business and it's all part of that evolving vision where we're not just doing strategy work, but we're doing implementation work, which which both sides of that coin are incredibly meaningful and rewarding. And I think we're a lot better as a consulting firm because we have experience and knowledge on how to do both, which is which is really what your podcast is about, right? Which is how do you how do you take an idea and how do you make that idea become a reality and allow that idea to to evolve and grow and better itself over time? Yeah, very good. Thank you. The uh, I did not know that your wife was also a CPA. It's scary how similar our backgrounds are. I've got a big four background myself, and my wife's also a CPA. And um, small world and funny how that that um, that is so similar. I want to talk about um, as you guys grow and you met, you move from Spire to uh, to Emergent Meth and you're bringing on partners. When you are when you're a, an emerging company and that vision is still forming and you're you're never really um, you you never really stop thinking about what could be and in the meantime you've got opportunities sort of everywhere, right? Opportunities, and, and those opportunities are wonderful, but you have to make sure 
that you select the right opportunity because what that the wrong opportunity can take you off track and it can really get you, you know take you away from your intended direction so how did you guys what sort of methods did you guys use internally and i'm sure it's evolved but to 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 assess the the opportunities to make sure that you were in a focused area really started to build that brand and grow the organization yeah, I mean, so, and, and it, it has absolutely evolved, but we have an internal process that we utilize to make go and no-go decisions, right? So much of, of our work while we're trying to build practices that we can proactively sell is, look, we get the phone calls, and the phone calls are inevitably a, hey, Nick, hey, John, hey, Philip on our team, here's the situation, can you guys help with it? And we try to ask ourselves a couple of questions is, do we believe that we can be the best in the world at whatever that problem is that the, that the client is bringing to us? And if the answer to that question is yes, it's an opportunity we certainly want to continue to explore. This, the second question we're always going to ask ourselves is, do we have the capacity and the capabilities or can we quickly get it to ensure that we deliver an excellent product or a service in those situations. And then, and the third thing that we, we really want to ask ourselves is, is, is this client engagement and is this project aligned with our organizational values? And uh, it's, it's been, look, we, we get to work on a, on a lot of projects and while not all projects are, are the same in terms of the ultimate impact that they get to make carry is we've really built a niche and we get the call. I mean, we are working on, the game-changing, community-changing projects, you know, in the, in the big four world, and it's certainly no knock to it, right, is I remember as a young consultant oftentimes feeling like I am grinding day in and day out only to help some large corporation with names that people that I didn't really know or have personal relationships try to add just a little bit higher return to somebody down the line. And and what what we've really been able to do is because because we work with both large and small organizations, but primarily in the, the regions that we do, is we really know our clients and we know the mission that they have and we know the stakeholders or the customers or the shareholders that they have. And so I mean, we're in a lot of instances really are able to, to help our friends. And there's been two sort of events, Carrie, that have fundamentally changed our organization. I, I have no doubt that we would be a successful small company today, we'd probably have 10 or 12 or 13 or 14 consultants if it weren't for these two events. But we we viewed those two events and we really assessed the opportunities that we would bring. We ultimately gone, went after both of them. Both were successful. But, but the first was here in Louisiana, our state department of, 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 of health uh, was going to do a huge system revamp, much like state organizations are doing to their IT system. And we were able to partner with with a national firm, but it got us into the technology business, particularly the technology implementation business. And we've been able to grow a real serious practice there. And that was a spot, if you go back to 2012, Gary, we, we never thought the health and human services, IT space, technology space would be a spot that we would would be in, but certainly as we look at the delivery of healthcare across our country, that space is critical to ensure that we are 
providing services in a, in a prudent and, and an efficient way. And then the second sort of game-changing opportunity that we sized up, ultimately decided to do is related to disaster recovery. Uh, so in, in 2016, we had some very large floods in Louisiana. The following couple of years, hurricanes popped up and hit North Carolina, Florida, Texas, Puerto Rico, a lot of other places. And there's uh, significant opportunities post these disaster events to work with states and local communities to help them rebuild. And we've really built up some core competencies in that space, which have really allowed us to to scale and grow in ways that that otherwise we probably wouldn't have. With that inherent growth, though, has been some real sort of cultural challenges around how do we how do we protect the things that have been our differentiator. And we believe that those are the unique culture and close bond that we have amongst team members where we truly care about one another and we truly know one another. How do we keep that up as we scale now up to over 100 FTEs uh, over the past couple of months? And, and how do we make sure we continue to deliver? And so there's been a lot of internal work that we've done to to really try to quantify and document what it is our culture is and how best do we protect it. And we've worked over the past year as well to to create a method document. So what what methods of emergent method and what are the behaviors we expect out of our team members to display day in and day out? And, and, and certainly it's a, a work in progress, but that knowledge share and that knowledge exchange to say, this is what makes us different and unique. Uh, this is what our vision statement, you know, Carrie is, it's a non-traditional one that we're quite fond of and it's plastered on the walls in our office, but it's, our vision is to be singular, unequaled and extraordinary. It allows us great flexibility to figure out which project opportunities we're going to take on because we haven't confided our, and confined ourselves and our vision and mission to a specific type of work. But it, But you're right, if we're not judicious about each of those opportunities, you can you can wake up a year later and say, what the heck am I doing working on this kind of stuff? This is, this is not a lie. This is not a lie. Yeah. How did we get here? Sure. So let me ask you this. I want to, I want to ask one more question. If, if, if you had a, um, a, and you guys have, I, I needed to mention that you guys had, you were ranked the number fastest growing firm in Louisiana, correct? We were we were ranked the um, sixth fastest private company in Louisiana. We were top thirteen hundred in, in the country, and we were ranked the eleventh fastest growing consulting firm in the world. That's amazing! Congratulations on that success. And I, I want to uh, I want I want to close this with um, encouragement. If you've got someone, let's say this is a someone that's thinking about whatever it is, whatever it is, whether it, they could be working within a company and they 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 are they feel like taking a new opportunity, the, encourage them just to take that leap, just to take the leap. Um, what, what, what could you leave the listeners with? Look, I'm glad I did it, right? It, every journey starts with a step, Kerry, and I'm sure that, that cliche is certainly used. And uh, But talented people that have really, really good ideas, you know, let, let's not be afraid to fail. Um, there's something quite liberating uh, in being vulnerable and putting yourself out there, um, and taking a chance. And, and, and then I, I would say, do it. And I would say the, the way you do that particularly is surround yourself with great people, whether that's ultimately 
team members that you hire and put on the team with you or, or mentors that, that you have. Um, it's, it's the value of those relationships. They, they, they're going to come back to, to really pay dividends down the line. And, it, you know, one of the things that we just wrapped up is we're early in, in 2019, we just practice, we just, we just did what we practice, what we preach to others, right? So we're practicing what we preach is we, we went down to New Orleans for a, for a weekend strategic planning session. I was able to actually bring in my very first partner from PwC uh, and get him to facilitate that conversation and to facilitate that discussion. And, and during that, I was able to, to say thanks to a mentor, right, who early on in my career um, valued abilities and built a meaningful relationship with me. And, and you know, to me, that's really the, the kickstart is surround yourself with, with great people, have confidence in yourself and, uh, and, and be willing to take that chance. Put yourself out there. And don't, don't be afraid to take the leap. That's exactly right. I love it. I love it. Right. Hey, Nick, congratulations on all of your success. And um, thanks for being a guest on the podcast. I think you really provided our listeners with some confidence and an encouragement, which is our goal every single time. So thank you for listening. And Nick, thanks for being here. We enjoyed it. <laughs>